Hi, this is Danielle Cursa from the Jealous Curator, and this is episode 221 of Art for Your Ear. So today is a slightly different format in that I've handed the host microphone over to my dear friend, New York-based artist Peta Coyne. Now, this was her idea, and I would never say no to one of Peta's plans because her suggestions are just always so flipping good. Now, as you might know, I have been working away alone in my studio for about a year and three months on a totally new body of work. Well, I wasn't totally alone in the studio because Peta and I would meet via Zoom every few weeks or every couple of months so that we could talk through the work. The good, the bad, the what the hell am I doing, and the aha moments. Anyway, after all of that time and work, I have my first solo show in a public gallery, as opposed to a commercial gallery, opening, drumroll please, tonight. Yep. Now, Peta and I recorded this episode about a week ago, the day before I installed everything. She wanted to document how I was feeling before the show, and we're going to do a follow-up interview once it's actually open. See? She is full of wonderful, supportive, artsy suggestions. So... Let's jump right in, shall we? Chatting with Peter Coyne about my work. Weird. Okay, here we go. Oh, Peter. Yeah. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay, so, so, well, the reason we're doing this is for a number of reasons, but mostly because you are so articulate, and I really think that you'll be able to help so many people in like really well the way you write the way you talk you can really put not like me who can't talk at all um, but really put fine words onto like all the different processes that we all go through and we all go through all these processes but i don't think we all think about them um in stages that I think could help us all see more clearly how we how we go through all these things and I think it is very helpful sometimes especially when we're stuck and we get frustrated and um and we want to know more about these things and you've just gone through this huge lengthy process and um and i thought it would be really interesting you're just about ready to install this show tomorrow huge change from collage to sculpture um and it's tomorrow that how are you feeling well weirdly nervous all of a sudden i'm starting to panic that uh, about a billion things actually Mixed with being really excited to see it all out of my studio and in a beautiful, bright space, hung the way that it's supposed to be hung. So, yeah, it's a mixed bag, but I'm excited. And so maybe you want to um, tell us, just a, give us kind of an overview of, of this particular show. Tell us well, how you got this show and what you're, what you're trying to do here. Well, this... Um, this work is the first time and and because of working with you one of the first things that you said when we first started chatting was well what do you want do you want to be a commercial artist or do you want to be a museum artist and i said i want to be a museum artist like i really want to push myself and i don't want to be thinking about selling it um like individual pieces and you know i want to be thinking of 
a full show. I want to be thinking of weird if I want it to be, you know, like, I don't want to have to think like, oh, how would this fit in someone's home? I just want to make what I want to make. And I was also going through a whole bunch of health stuff. I just had a hysterectomy and was surprised by how emotional I was after. And I really wanted to document that through art, basically. Um, not only document it, but also change my feelings about it because I was feeling so sad and empty and uh, mad a little bit. And I thought, you know, that's the great thing about being an artist is we have these, this superpower to turn something bad into some beautiful art. So I thought, well, I can either sit around here and keep moping and feeling sad and mad and empty, or I could take all those feelings and figure out how to represent that visually and to kind of flip it on its head like I did with the Jealous Curator. You know, it's like turning jealousy into admiration. Can I turn this sort of sadness into something beautiful? And so that's kind of where it all started. And oh gosh, well, you were there at the beginning. It sure looked a lot different than it does now, hey? Yes. And tell us, tell us, cause you were doing collages when I started with you Yeah, and a little bit of, you had a plywood or some kind of wood circles. Yep. And that was a, you were even nervous about those. Yeah. Those were on the, on tables yeah. that you were going to put on the wall. So take people through that, those steps. Why okay. don't you? There were lots of steps. There were lots of steps. So at the beginning, um, I've always done paper collage, um, but I love going to the thrift shop. I love found objects and um, I always buy them for my house, but for some reason it never occurred to me that I could incorporate this thing that I love so much into my artwork. So I never did. And so, I, But then I thought, well, hang on, what if I did like almost like 3D collages? So, you know, get these things from these thrift shops and break them up and glue them back onto these panels and oh my gosh it I wasn't really sure where I was going <laughs> I was sort of making these altars to my uterus and um and hearkening back to like my grandmother's closet basically with with um old jewelry and broken perfume bottles and all this stuff and um memories memories yeah but it was it was so much to look at that it was almost confusing and it did feel very much like an ode to my grandmother which is wonderful i love my grandmother but it didn't it wasn't telling the story that i wanted to tell and it was the first time and again this is because of you normally i just put my head down and i like if i have the idea i just do and i make it and it's done and then i'm often disappointed with the thing because I haven't given myself the space or the time to look at it and go, this isn't really telling the story I wanted to tell, or this is a bit too much to look at. Um, and you said, you know, give yourself the time and the space. Nobody has seen this work. You haven't put it out there and said, this is my style. Like nobody's seen it. So do whatever you want. And so I, it was the greatest gift I ever could have been given as an artist that you gave me was time and space to not feel like I need to quickly produce something. And so I took it all apart 
And then I started taking those things that I'd got at the thrift shop and I started assembling them inside bird cages. I went off the panel and into bird cages because to me, they sort of felt like a body, right? Like I could put these broken things, like all my broken inner lady bits, and I could put them, house them in these bird cages. And I thought, oh, maybe that'll start to tell the story. And it did a little bit. Um, but again, it was so, so much to look at that you didn't look. Do you know what I mean? Like, even I didn't look and I'm the one that made it. I was just like, ah, it's too much to even like process. So I just didn't. And um, so again, instead of just quitting or instead of just, you know, going, wow, okay, well, that's what I'm doing now and just finishing it and being done and disappointed. I thought, okay, nope, that's not quite right. So I went through a phase. I don't think you know this. I went through a phase where I had uh, vintage nighties wrapped around the bird cages. <laughs> I didn't know this. <laughs> so that you could peek in like a little like altar type thing. It's like, that's not working. <laughs> <laughs> so now I have a bunch of vintage negligees in a bucket in my, in my studio. Um, they'll turn up something else. <laughs> uh, exactly. They'll, they'll all get used for something. But I just kept um, pushing and trying. And, um, uh, and I remember thinking at one point, oh, I wish this was all just one color. And so I started trying to buy things at the thrift shop that were all white, like all, you know, ceramics that were all white, whatever. It's really hard because they don't, they're not all the same white. Like, weirdly, there's a lot of whites. And uh, so I went to my local hardware store and I got a, a bucket of paint. I, I brought a piece of porcelain in with me and I said, I want to match this. So I bought porcelain colored white paint and I just started dipping everything in the same white paint so that everything would be uniform. Um, and I also really liked, and again, because I was giving me, myself this time and space to play and think, um, it takes a long time to dip things in paint and let them dry. So you have a long time to think. And it felt very much like what I pictured endometriosis looking like, or, you know, like all the adhesions I had in my abdomen with my ovaries stuck to this and my uterus had been stuck to that. And the paint kind of felt like that because if I let it dry, I would dip flowers or I would um, like uh, silk flowers or I would dip uh, ceramics and sometimes it would stick to other stuff. And it felt very much like what I imagined my insides to be like. And nobody needs to know that. Like that doesn't need to be on the little card at the gallery, but it started to feel more like my story to me. And, and as a graphic designer, <laughs> visually, now everything was the same and I could start assembling. So you should see my studio. I have this pile of stuff dipped in white paint. So now every time I need another flower, or I need another chunk of a bird, or I need another um, broken pineapple, I can go into this pile and there's all this stuff to choose from. Now in there somewhere, during back during the altar phase, because you and I talked a lot about Venice, one of my favorite things in Venice were these little makeshift altars that people put up around, like in windowsills or in a little corner, um, in a little courtyard. And they're very haphazard, you know, like people have just put up a, a photo of a picture of a saint and in a frame and, and a plastic flower, but then someone's put like their cigarette out on it. 
So it's like this combination of beautiful, feminine, lovely stuff mixed with garbage, which is why the altar thing started. So one of the things that came out of the altar that I didn't ditch were cigarette butts. And I was looking around, like, I'm like, where can I buy, you know, like clay cigarettes? And then I was like, wait a minute, I'm an artist. I could make clay cigarettes. (laughs) And um, even though I always felt like I, I don't know if someone told me in university or something that I couldn't make stuff with my hands, like I couldn't sculpt. Um, I'd always believed I couldn't. And uh, I just thought, well, giving myself time and space. So I just tried and I made a cigarette butt that looked exactly like a cigarette butt. I made seven of them, painted them, just loved them. And I looked at them and we weren't going to have a a call again for another month or something. And I looked at them and I said, Peter's going to say, I need more. And now (laughs) I think now I have almost 3000 of them. Oh my God, do you really have 3,000 of them? I think so. And you Close. made all of those, haven't you? Yeah, I made every single one. And again, it was so meditative because you just have to sit there and there's so many steps to it, right? Like you have to roll them and then cut them and then let them dry. But don't let them dry for too long because you got to come back down to the studio and squish them so they look like they've been put out. But you can't do that too soon. You can't <laughs> wait too long or they harden. And so like all these trial and error and then you know, painting them and you got to do that in steps. And this is not me, Pita. Like I'm usually like, boom, boom, done. (laughs) (laughs) And this is like, everything takes so long. And I've actually like really grown to love it. Um, And I take that time, like I don't actually meditate. Um, I probably should. Um, But (laughs) I've found this process has been like meditation, like just going down there and rolling these cigarettes or doing whatever I'm doing allows me then to go, oh, what if I, you know, while I'm rolling, 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 I think, what if I did this and this? Ooh, you know, and then I'll try it. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, fine, which I was never okay with. You know, I always wanted it to work. And if it didn't work, I would just keep ramming this square peg into a round hole. And now it's like, it doesn't work. Okay. I put it to the side. I'll probably use it down the line some other way and, and keep on going. So yeah, there are cigarette butts throughout all of this. And then, um, so I had the panels going, I had the bird cages going and you and I were talking about both of those things. And then there was a few little sculptury things that I didn't really know what to do with. So I, I put them in bell jars that I had just because they were starting to gather a bit of dust. And then I was like, Oh my God, I love that. (laughs) And they started to feel like specimens because this whole time I was working on the altars and things, one of the natural things that I was just thinking about all the time, yet not bringing into the work, was how sad I was that when I had the hysterectomy, they took my uterus out and they just threw it in the garbage. They They just put it in medical waste. Um, which I'm glad they did. I did, don't, don't, didn't want to take it home, but it was weird. Like that's where my baby grew. And that was like a chunk of my body and they just threw it away, you know? And, um, and so I started thinking about all these specimens and, you know, I've had fibroids removed. I've had cysts removed. I've, it's just been like this, you know, battle since my late twenties. And so I thought, oh, I'm going to start preserving these broken, but beautiful bits in these jars and um 
and and not only did clay scare me but so has resin i've always wanted to use resin but it's always terrified me and i thought what if i pour resin into these jars and it looks like formaldehyde and i can actually save these things and so i've got specimen tags on all of them and i was out for a run one day thinking about all the work and and i thought i want to call the show self-preservation because i was preserving literally preserving all these little broken but beautiful bits and keeping my sanity it was self-preservation to help sort of change my outlook and um so now yeah now there are over 60 specimen jars that are going to be sitting on a table in the middle of this room sort of a, a little bit higher than a normal table so that you can walk by and look into every single jar and all of the specimens are titled so they all there's you know <laughs> things about lumps you know luxurious lumps and whatnot so you can read each specimen tag um and then i couldn't resist doing collages i was really missing cutting out paper and so there's also um, a series of paper collages coated in resin as <laughs> well because i wanted them to feel like they were under glass too um, and they are paper ashtrays with flowers rising from them, um, white flowers, silhouettes of white flowers, because I wanted it to connect to the, to the sculptural pieces. But I also was thinking about the idea that how, how powerful women are, women in particular, you know, we, we rise from so much, you know, like all of these health things, abuse, um, grief, uh, power struggle, everything, you can be in the muck, you can be in this ashtray and you can rise up from it and you can bloom again. And so that's what these, these collages were about. So um, I, think, I think they're gonna be actually really cohesive together. I think sometimes I might show the specimens by themselves and I could show the collages by themselves, but I have this opportunity in this really big space. So I'm like, I'm gonna put them all in there, get it all photographed at once so that I have beautiful photographs to submit for grants, to submit for other shows. Like I'm gonna take this opportunity and run with it. Yes, and the collages, are they flat or are they on the wall? They're on the wall. And then the flowers go up above them? No, the flowers are paper. So it's just, they're just like regular collages, but they're quite big. Like I, I wanted the um, ashtray to sit where your uterus would sit. And then the, the pieces are 24 by 36. So they're quite That's tall. Nice. And um, and then in the resin, uh, I I threw this like gold flake, so it's kind of looks like gold ashes, like you know when it, when you're sitting by a campfire and ashes kind of fly off. So there's sort of these gold. It's sort of like you know very like phoenix rising situation, because that's what I felt like with a lot of things, um, with all this health stuff, with um, dealing with a past abusive boyfriend. I've been dealing with that in therapy lately, um, with my dad dying, dealing with the grief of it, and so. But I'm okay. Like I've come through all of that better and stronger and more beautiful. And so that's what these collages are about is just the power that we all have to like get up and keep going and bloom again. Well, that's so really great. That's great. And, and do you think, um, do you uh, feel that people will read that or read many different things into it? I think many different things. I mean, some people I know that have had like with the jars and stuff who have had like fibroids and cysts and surgeries and stuff, 
instantly are like, oh my God, that reminds me of, you know, what they went through. Other people, I don't, you know, I was quite vague in my artist statement. I mean, I, I want people to get what they're going to get from it. Yeah. Um, I think all of it is quite beautiful and hopeful. Like, I think everybody will get that, but hopefully they just apply it to whatever it is in their life that's, that's happening. But for me, this was like a year and a half of hardcore therapy. It was awesome. Oh, that's so great. That's yeah. so great. I had um, some other things I wanted to ask you. Um, uh, oh, did you have, because I know you worked almost all in solitude for this time, but did you have some people come in and look at it, some close friends uh, come and, and share the work with you? You shared the work with them? You. Um. <laughs> but I, from three, how many thousands of miles across? Yeah. Um, I've but, had a couple of friends come by and look. Um, I mean, not quote unquote art friends, um, but good close friends um, that I'd gone to high school with and stuff who came in and probably thought that I was losing my mind because it looks like a bomb has gone off in there and like everything is white and there's broken stuff everywhere. They're probably thought, oh, Danielle, what's happened to Danielle? Um, no, but they all loved it. And um, one friend even got sort of teary-eyed about it. Um, and it's, yeah, it's been neat. And I've just been showing little bits on Instagram, which again was your advice, like, until you're ready, don't put it all out there for, you know, because then it can, it can influence the decisions you make, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I have, I've been showing a little bit and the, the feedback I've been getting from people on Instagram is really great. And then I've been getting messages um, from people saying, oh my gosh, I went through a similar surgery or, oh my gosh, I went, you know, just went through a divorce. And this reminds me of like pulling things together after that. And so it's been really nice, but I, I think that is part of my nervousness about the show actually like I, I have been in solitude for a year and a half and now people are going to look at it and have opinions. And honestly, that scares me. The only reason I, I say this is because it is such a private nature. And you have spoken a little bit about the private nature. And it's such a, it's, well, it's, you know, it's right at your gut. <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally. And, and there's always, always in any show, um, people who, and, and maybe, maybe because it hits them in their gut, they immediately, you know, spout off, um, you know, sometimes horrible things and later they want to take it back, but they, they can say just horrible things to you. And sometimes, and I'm only saying this to protect you, they, they might even call you I've even had somebody call me once and say to me after a New York Times review I had a show uh, you know and everybody was saying oh you know they always say at your opening oh great work great work you know I almost think I should put headphones on you know like <laughs> say oh yeah thank just you just nod just nod yeah God, you know, and thank you, thank you, you know, and and then the next day in the New York Times, it was the first time I ever got a crummy. Well, it was a mediocre review, if I, but it, to me, it was a crummy review because I I was always getting great reviews, but then it was a mediocre 
probably pretty bad review. I, I can't, I don't remember. It was probably, to me, it was the worst review. It was like a slap across the face. And the same person who had said, oh, this is the best work you ever, she called up and she goes, you know, I agree with the times. That is the worst work you have ever done. And I was like, you know, really, Peter, what did you even put it out there for? And I'm, I'm like listening to this phone call. I've just gotten this terrible view and then you get this. And so I'm saying this because there are going to be people and friends, I think, are the most painful because you think that your friends will always be with you and support you even when you do bad shows. And we're all going to do them, um, uh, especially if you're standing on a precipice. Yeah. So. I say this to you in dear friendship, you know, that some days you will do a bad show. And I hope you do do bad shows because if you don't do bad shows, then you're not standing always on a precipice. Right. You've got to do bad shows. Um, and well, I did have a friend's um, husband because I was over at her house. Um, we were doing something, a, a little craft for a friend so I said oh I've got resin I'll bring that over and so I, I thought well I'll bring a few of the jars so that there's extra resin I'm not wasting it right I can do so it was the first two specimen jars and they've got like chewed gum made of clay in there and they've got cigarette butts and then all this beautiful crystal and everything well so we did it and then I left it there and her husband um, <laughs> has like some past like childhood trauma right and there was a lot of like parents with smoking and parties and you know unstableness for him as a kid so he gets up in the morning and he sees these jars of like liquid with these cigarette butts in them and he was like what is this and she said oh that's um danielle's art he was like this isn't art this is disgusting oh good <laughs> so gentle review you got i got my review and um that's a good one yeah, it brought out a lot of emotion. It did. He was pretty, he was really grossed out by it. And he was like, he's like, who would ever want this in their house? Like, this is disgusting. And um, I mean, of course, your first instinct is to be like, shut oh. up. <laughs> but I was like, well, you know, it, it got a response. And, um, you know, so. But it does hurt. It does it hurt. hurt. You can't not like, yeah, you can't not let it hurt. So I am a bit nervous about that because. You know, and it's the public. Yeah, it's the public, and it's this isn't New York. Like this is small town Canada, right? Like so, they might be expecting landscapes of the lake, and yes. that's not what they're going to get. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm just trying to prepare you a bit. Oh yeah, no. I've I, that's why I'm nervous. I've been thinking about it a lot, and but you know, I'm older now than like you know, in when I was coming out of school, like this that it would have broken me. It did break me back then. I think being a little bit older, also just being the jealous curator for all these years and seeing all this stuff and telling other people to keep going and to not quit and to, to make work that you're proud of. At the end of the day, I am so proud of this stuff. Like I have never loved a body of work that I've made more. Like I, I just am so proud of myself um, that if there's bad feedback, it's like, okay, well, that's your takeaway. But me in my heart, I feel like I pushed myself. I tried materials that I've been terrified of for decades. I did it and I did, the, did it well. You should see my resin. It's, it's flawless. I was terrified of resin. I've been putting it off for months. And 
I went down there the day to do it. I sweated right through my t-shirt. I was, mm, <laughs> you know, so good. and I did it. So there's so many things in that work that, you know, I pushed myself past points of what I would normally ever do. The collages, there's so many layers of paper flowers. Normally I would have done a couple of layers and been like, oh, that looks pretty good. Cause I'd want to get on to the next part, Step. you know, but I was like, no, it's not enough. It needs, everything needs to be almost like too much, like too yeah. many cigarette butts, too many flowers, too many cutouts too. And so I just was like, okay, throw on Netflix again, keep cutting out flowers. And I would say that because our, my studio's in the basement, I would say to Greg and Charlie, well, got to go back to the flower mine. See you guys in seven hours. And I would just go down there and cut out flowers for seven or eight hours and then come back up, you know? And, um, and so I'm really proud of all of that. And I'm also kind of excited because, because I've been in the studio so much, it's actually become my life. Like I actually feel like an artist. Like when we first met, you said, I think I was going to the studio basically on Saturdays. And you said, could you do five hours a day in the studio? Every day. Every day. And I was like, holy shit. But I was like, it felt exciting. It felt like training for a marathon. And I was like, okay. And I did. And some days I was like, I don't know what I'm doing down here. So I would just tidy or I would like randomly cut things out that I might need later or smash a few ceramics that I might need for something else. Remember when I would, was smashing ceramics and sending you photos of smashed swans? It was very satisfying. So I would do all of that. But then before you knew it, now I'm down there eight hours a day. And it's just, I get up in the morning and I put on my overalls that are covered in paint and resin and I grab my coffee and I go down there. And it's just like, this is what I've wanted my whole life is to be a working artist. And I finally am a working artist. I haven't sold anything, but I also don't care because I'm making what I want to make the way that I want to make it. That will come. All will come. You have to, you have to just so believe in yourself. And that's why I push so hard to have this interview um, before you installed and then to do the other half like afterwards, because yeah. I think it's so important for us to get your energy now and to get your energy right after you installed. And then we'll do, I think, a third one when you take the show down to kind of see these three different layers, because I think it's super important for you as an artist to see these and to know, I mean, we should look back at that first time that we did your when we first went to your studio, it's a whole, you're a whole different person now and you're so much stronger and, and your goals are much, much, much more defined. And, yeah. and, and I also remember you saying that you were doing this show to really get other big shows, that this was just kind of a trial. It was a place, it's an, it's an important place, but it's, it's a place it, you know where it is. It's yeah. in a smaller town. You don't know what the audience will be, but every audience is important. And but um, and uh, my um, uh, and you have to say, you know, this is not the this isn't MoMA yet, but it will be MoMA. It's a, it's the start for MoMA, you know. And this is so important for you. And and um, and you know that um, that it's coming 
and um, and it's your first step towards MoMA, and Ooh. that's got to have to. That's what you have to be thinking of. This is like this is where I'm going. This is my first step towards that, and that's what you have to think in in the way that you. If that's where you want to go, this is the step for. So all the the criticisms, all the applauds that you'll get, everything you'll get, you'll have to think in that way you yeah. know yeah um, so you know so if someone you know applauds you or if they insult you just think of it in the pathway to MoMA yeah and that's what you have to think of it as I love that the pathway to MoMA I gotta write yeah. that down somewhere yeah no and I just I mean I I always just think of you as as I don't know how the universe connected us. I'm so grateful because um, the, the things you've taught me, you've just said them so gently and so nonchalantly. And they just, like you said, in the gut, they've hit me in the gut and have just made such an impact. And I've really, really listened to you, you know, and really taken all those things to heart. And, you know, I've definitely had days in the studio where I'm looking at all these piles of stuff going, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> this is crazy. And, and just thought, but you know, normally I would have either quit or whatever, but you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to just take it all apart again. And, and that wasn't the end of the world. It was perfectly fine to take it all apart and try something new and then take that all apart and try something new. And in the process, I learned a whole bunch of new things. Like when, remember when we first met and you were like talking about chicken wire and plaster. And I was like, um, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> and it's like, why is that terrifying? When I was little, I was making everything. I was sewing in, there was clay and there was, you know, why now? Like, you know, art school did such a number on me. And it's just like, so I, I threw that stuff away too. You know, I took that apart and I was like, I'm going to approach this differently. And I'm just going to try stuff. Like what's the worst that can happen? I rack a, I rack a $20 box of clay. Okay. Like who cares? I think all of us get this way as we get older. I don't think it's just art school. I think it's, as we get older, we get more nervous. And I think, I think everybody gets that way. Uh, Danielle, I think it's just what happens to us. We get, I don't know what happens to us as no, we, we get, we, we lose that little joie de vivre that just didn't care. It's like, suddenly you start worrying about what people think, or you start worrying. I don't know. You worry about everything or it needs to be serious or it needs to sell or it needs to whatever money, you know, yeah. like, oh, gosh, chicken well, that, will make a mess. You know, it's like, what the, who cares? You know, yeah. when your kids is like, Oh, wonderful. You know how kids <laughs> are like, Oh, great. And it's like, yeah, we should have more of that. We should yeah. have, you know. Well, that's my studio certainly looks like that now. It looks like a <laughs> five year old has been in there just going to town. And it's fun. You know, Charlie came down there the other day to ask me something, and he was like, Whoa. <laughs> and I said, What's wrong, honey? Do you think mommy's lost her mind? He's like, I'm just going to go back upstairs now. <laughs> back up the stairs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't, don't look directly at her. Um, but no, it's been so much fun. And that was the other thing you said to me right at the beginning too, was because I was so worried about money. Well, that's going to cost money and blah, blah, blah. And if I'm not selling and it's like, well, I wasn't selling before. So what am I even talking about? And, um, and uh, you, you said, um, What's more important to you right now, money or MoMA? 
like, do you want to be commercial or do you want to be museum? And I said, MoMA. So you said, I want you to write down on a piece of paper and stick it on your studio wall, money and MoMA, and then cross out money. And it's still up on my studio wall right now. And, um, and so, I mean, I'm not, it's not like I'm, you know, spending crazy money. I go to the thrift shop and I buy paint at the paint store. Um, but I would have stopped myself. I would have stopped. I would have been like, Ooh, resin's expensive. Maybe I won't pour the resin. But and, we all, and then the pieces don't turn out the way you want them to because I stopped myself from buying resin. And you know, we all spend so much money on junk. Yes. And if we and if you are so frugal, we can be so frugal. I'm telling you, we can. And if we save all that money and spend it just on our art, we can really make great art pieces. Yeah. That, and um and just be so frugal, like just like you know, if you have to, like, I, I drive a 12 year old car. That thing is like the guy told me the other day, these brakes lady are so bad. I said, can they last? He goes, oh yeah, they'll last. I'm like, well, then what do I care if they're yeah. bad or not? Why are you telling me? I've got peacocks to buy, buddy. <laughs> I know. It's like, I have five more peacocks that I need. He's looking at me, he goes, okay. Okay. He's just looking at me like, are you for real? <laughs> I am an artist. All right, buddy. It's peacocks over breaks every single time. I know the plumber came into the building and he looked at what I was making. And he goes, oh, wow. And, it, and he goes, how'd you get that in here? Goes, oh, it, it comes apart. He goes, yeah, really? He says, why, why do you want to bring that in here? <laughs> That was the good question. Why did you want to bring it in here? Did you ever hear about the guy who bought the boat in the basement? He, I said, he was my father. <laughs> he was so cute. He just was like, oh gosh. Oh, yeah, was, see, I think this is going to be the reaction to my show. Oh, yeah. Why did you bring it in? Why yes, did like, you bring it in know, here? Oh my God. You should videotape. Have, have Charlie videotape the opening. Oh my God. That would be something. Just even if you put two of your iPhones just yeah. on, you know, up above and let, because I would love to see, you know, people's expressions where they don't know they're being videotaped, you know, like, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> because it would really be, because I would love to see if they really look at the work. I know that's what I'm curious too, because like with the specimens, each one is a sculpture, right? There's 60 of them, but like each one is a small sculpture with like weird details and little story happening inside. And I'm so curious if people are just going to like walk around the table in 30 seconds and be done, or if people are going to like stop oh, I'm and look. Sure look, I am sure they're going to look. I mean, it I would just be, be interesting scared. to see, like, I'm you know, what ages will look if all ages will look i know children are gonna look yeah will but will men look yeah i i'm i i this i don't this yeah. is where we need to film yeah this is and you you know your iphone can just do you know um you can do regular oh. filming or you can just the do little, that uh, time, time lapse yeah time lapse. yes and that would be so interesting just to do you know because you're not going to use your iphone during the opening no. so you could just put you know yours and your husband's iphones up there and maybe charlie's if he'd let you and um <laughs> just put put all the iphones in different places and just 
put them on time lapse. That would be such a great thing. Okay. Well, I, when I go to install tomorrow, I'll ask the gallery um, director if there's spots. I can. I'm sure they do it all the time because I know there's um in the other space in the gallery there's an amazing show happening, and she's this amazing artist locally here. And I'm so excited that we're showing at the same time. Um, mm -hmm. I've already told her, I've already connected her with my Venice people. And I think she's going to show there in 24 because she's doing these big pods, these big like sculptural pods, but they have, she's working with a sound designer. Oh, and nice. as you approach the pods, the sound reacts to you. And then they're working with local dancers and they've got a choreographed um, piece that goes with the whole thing for the opening night. Like it's going to be amazing this could be a great combination the two of you well you know what's even cooler is so she i i've followed her for ages i had no idea she lives 10 minutes away from me uh, i mean i knew she was canadian but i thought she was in vancouver or toronto or something anyway she messaged me one day on instagram and said um hey because she saw i was using broken jewelry and she said oh my grandma used to own an antique shop and after she passed we had all these boxes of broken jewelry that we don't know what to do with do you want them um oh. hell yes there's yeah. a way to save money people randomly giving you boxes of broken jewelry and i said yes please and i said do you want my address um like thinking that she would ship it to me and she goes oh well i can just bring it by and i was like what <laughs> and she's like i just live 10 minutes away and i was like oh my god so we went and met for coffee oh. and um she gave me all this stuff so so much of that jewelry is in this show oh no and then her she's like in the next room over so we just we ran into each other the other day and i said alexander i've used so much of that jewelry so it's just going to be this very like connected nice. like really beautiful you know and i'm doing a talk on the opening night um oh, yeah so i'm going to incorporate that and like and let people know that that you know just to like a, a little hidden gem to know about um yeah, yeah so it's just, I'm really excited about the whole thing, but both of us are a little bit like, I wonder how this will be received, but we're both very happy. And I said, maybe cool. one day we'll show in Venice together. It will really draw a crowd. Yeah, it I think so. Really draw a crowd. What a nice thing. What, I mean, and you could really get a lot of Venice, a lot of, uh, not a Venice, but a lot of Canadian people that maybe have things to do with Venice here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're both, like, like you said, like the, the path to MoMA, it's like, you know, um, I'm so grateful to have this show in this beautiful space. It's right beside the lake. Like, it's so beautiful. And the, they've been a, so gracious and amazing. I just got a message from them yesterday. I picked a really, really light blush paint to paint one of the, there's one big curved wall that felt like a, like a belly to me. And so they painted it this light blush. So they messaged me yesterday and said, your pink wall is up. And I was like, ah! <laughs> um, so I'm so grateful for all of that. And, but I'm just also so excited. Um, you know, I hired a photographer to take really, to document it really, really Good. well. Good. And I am going to document it. Pardon? Do that. Be there when they do yes. that. Oh yeah, I will. And so I'm going to, I want to document it as a show, but then I want separate photos of the collages on the wall and separate photos of the specimens so that depending on which galleries I'm submitting to, it yes. doesn't have to be a whole, right? So I can just, if, you know, if I want to send the sculptures to New York, then I can just, you know, package that up yes. as a show and write it, do a write up about that and, and have photos of just that. And yes. same with the collages. Um, so I'm going to have all of that documented and, uh, and then we'll see, 
I mean, I, I do have a bad habit of always being like, what's next, what's next and not enjoying what I'm in. So I'm trying to really enjoy what I'm in and, but know that it's not done as soon as the show is over, you know, mm-hmm. that, that it's the first step in like a big journey that I'm on. And I'm, I'm just so excited to be on that oh. journey. Oh, and I, okay. and I really credit you like for taking the time, like we met because I interviewed you on the podcast and then you said, well, tell me about your work. And I was like, Oh, Oh, what? And then afterwards you called again and said, do you want to like meet up and chat about this stuff? And I was like, Peter Coyne wants to chat with me about my work. I was like, uh, yes. Like I'm not, there's no, no way I'm going to hesitate. And it's just been a gift to, to have you like along on this ride with me, you know? Well, it's been such, so wonderful for me too. I just love talking with you. You have so much energy and great ideas and you're open to the world and all the things that you do for so many, many artists and especially women just touches my heart so deeply. And we owe you such a debt of gratitude, Danielle, for all the things that you do. My God. I mean, I don't miss a podcast of yours. I read your blog every single day. I love all the women that you bring attention to. I I read all of their stuff. I follow so many of them. And it's all because, and I wouldn't know about many of them without you. So I'm just so blessed. And I love going down into your studio and listening about all the things that you're doing. And you just have so many great ideas. And, and I love going, I've been love going on this journey with you. It's just been wonderful. So it's just great. And you've just Oh, God, it, I can't believe what has it been a year and a half? Yeah, a year and a couple of months. Yeah just been amazing that you've gone from collages, which I also love, 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 love. I love collages. It's something I can't do. I don't work flat. I wish I did. And you've gone from there to like, and I kept saying, you don't need to do sculpture. You don't need to do sculpture. But I could see your work was screaming, I want to do sculpture. And I could think, well, if you have to, I said, do you want to go out? You know, and I kept, the work was screaming sculpture. It was, it was. It kept, was it kept like, wanting to jump off the wall into the middle yeah. of the room. I think oh. you said that on our first call and you said, and then the next time we talked, I had a birdcage in the middle of the room and you were like, well, that was fast. Yes, <laughs> I know. I was like, I, I mean, I could see in the collages. I could see that you wanted to, I, it just, it just, and I kept saying, but the thing about you is you can do both, which is so lovely because when you're an international sculptor, you will also always be able to do the collages, sell those so easily to make the money for your sculpture, which you will sell, but the others will sell very easily. That, that's what I was thinking. I got asked to do a show in Nashville in August. So that's sort of where I started thinking about the, these collages that are in this show, because I wanted something for the wall. But yes. then I didn't want to do this departure. I still was really loving the self-preservation thing. And so that's kind of how it all came together. And then I thought, well, I want to, I'd like to show them together, but you know, in the back of my mind, knowing that when this show comes up in Nashville in August, I could just put these pieces in and sell them commercially, the, the collages. 
and save the specimens for something else. Um, and I had a really good dream the other night. I've been having very good dreams that actually, you know how you have like art dreams and you wake up and you think you're a genius and then the fog clears and you're like, okay, that makes no sense. <laughs> the last couple of nights I've actually had dreams that were like legit ideas. Wow. For the next evolution of this stuff, which is so exciting because it's like, oh good, I'm done, but I'm not done. You know, it was a bit, you know, it's like when you read a really good book and it's like, you don't want to finish. I've been a little bit um, nervous to finish this work because I've loved it so much, but yeah. I'm not done. This is yeah. just the beginning. And I have to, you know, remind myself, like, this is just the first little step and a, and a way I go and I can do whatever I want now that I'm a clay and resin master. Well, they say that, I think, did I tell you this, that we're five years ahead in our mind from where we actually are. Oh, so, really? Yeah, so we can see, and we often do, five years ahead of what we're doing. And I often see, oh, oh, but we can't actually get there right away because we have to do all these other steps. But we can see very clearly five years ahead, um, which is really interesting. It so you might be seeing your, your, or, or, you know, you might be seeing very clearly what you're going to do in five years and you'll try to do it and you can't quite get there and you'll start to do these other things and they'll be like, that totally oh, makes oh. sense. And you'll be like, so write it down, make some drawings or something. And you'll be like, oh, I can't quite get this. <laughs> but they say we work that it's like out there, we can almost touch it. And it's per particularly prevalent for sculptors. Oh, that's so interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard this over and over and a lot of sculptors talk about it, oh. which I think is really interesting. Yeah. So, well, that was amazing. Yep. That um, was interesting. I think we should do, I think we should have the next talk after the opening, not after the install, because then okay. I can tell you if anybody told me it was disgusting and should never be in anyone's home, like my friend's husband. No, no. <laughs> Focus on the positive first. The positive. Tell well, me. after the rave reviews. Okay. First, I want you to write down after you install it, like how it feels. Write down how okay. it feels, how you, how you, uh, if it is what you thought it would be, okay. or if it's not, like what the difference is. I want you to step back and take like 20 minutes for yourself and actually make a little recording, okay? Because you'll forget this stuff immediately. Look at it and say, is this exactly how I thought it would be? And if it's not, because it, it's going to shift. Right. What are the shifts for me? And are they good? Because some will be good. Some will be positive. And then what are the differences? Yeah. And then if you can articulate it, which you probably will be able to, like, where, where do you think you failed? Like, where are the lacks in this? Like, cause there'll be stuff where you'll think, oh, if only I could have done this a little right. bit better. And this surprises me because this worked out, this part worked out much better than I thought. And I didn't even realize that there'll be those right. two Okay, so focus on those things. And I'm talking more about the sculpture because this is a whole new area for you. Yeah, I've only ever hung stuff on walls. Yeah, so this yeah. is 
you know, this is going to be now and the then, bird cages and armatures from the wall and the table and the thing with the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So real, but you must be alone there. It must be quiet and just you and not people coming in where you have to go, oh, you know, hi, hi. This has to be a focused time just for you. And you have to be there with the work. And I want you to either write it or record it and really walk around and looking at, and then also about the space. Cause that was another thing that I was going to ask you about, but we didn't have time talk. Think about the space. Cause I know we talked about the space and you talked about the work you, you made the work. Then we talked about you making the, the, uh, the floaters and um, look at the work and the space. Cause you made the work, then you, got the space right instead of reverse yeah yeah think about how did it work in that space and and because now you're going to be moving this work to other spaces but how does it work in that space and does it do you think if you'd made the pieces in the space would you have made them differently yeah okay, okay. because space and sculpture are almost inseparable yeah. unless you're making plop art which you are not yeah okay yeah i know i love that when you when you've told me stories about your some work where you're like you're given us you you have a space you go and you see the space and then you plan the work like you know if you, you know you've got a spiral staircase so you plan what will be in the top so as people climb the staircase they're experiencing the work in a different which i haven't done you know i this was i was just like here's a rectangle and you get to put your stuff in it awesome um, but yeah, it would be so interesting to go at it the other way and how, how would the work change? Yes. I, I will, I will record myself talking. Okay. I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. And then as much as you can during the opening, try to see how you're feeling. And then, then we should, when is your opening? Um, March 26th, next Saturday, March. or not this Saturday coming up, but the next one week and a half. Okay, so then we should probably plan as close to that after that doing our recording so that we get your, uh, you know, as close to that feelings as possible. Yeah. Okay. Yay. Okay. And you have to go because you've got the next thing in 10 minutes. Yes, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for this. That was so much fun. And I will talk to you soon. You bet. Good luck. Good Thank luck. you. Bravo, bravo, bravo. <laughs> we are fighting for you. And we'll be saying the prayers on the 26th. <laughs> Thank you. you. Have so much fun. Enjoy every part of it. I will. Just remember, footsteps to MoMA. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Peter. I'll talk to you soon. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. I loved that. <laughs> and I have to say, talking about this work out loud even helped me understand it more. So as I said off the top, as this episode goes live, I'm actually getting ready to head to the opening event. Ah, wish me luck out there. Thank you so, so, so much to PETA for not only taking the time to talk to me, but for also being the one to suggest this interview. I rarely talk about my own artwork, and having an art icon like Peter Coyne ask me questions about it, well, it's basically an art dream come true. Thank you so much for listening to this Flipped Around episode. I will be back in two weeks with the next part of this conversation on a brand new episode of Art for Your Ear. See you then.